Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And he stops me midway through, and he goes, I'm going to stop you. Do you know that you're doing a bad audition? Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry, and I make them share a couple bad audition stories with me. It's always a good time. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you do that wherever you're listening to it right now. Leave us some love in the form of reviews and ratings and stars and all those fun little things that you can do to help us podcasters out, because it does help. So thank you in advance. Today was very stressful. Oh my god. Today was very stressful. It's Tuesday. Obviously, you guys know that I pre-record the intros and outros and whatnot of um, the interviews, and today was Taylor Swift ticket day, aka um, insanity. Insanity. I cannot believe that she crashed the website that hard, um, and that, I mean, they literally had to, like, reschedule the pre-sale and push it back by hours for LA, but I got tickets, um, which I'm very excited about. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see Taylor's wife live. I've never seen her live. Um, so there's that. Very exciting. What else? What else is happening? I feel like a lot's happening, but um, right now my brain is pure Taylor Swift. Oh, I went to Harry Styles last week. A lot of concerts happening in my life right now. I went to Harry Styles last week and um, he's like, he reminds me of like the modern Elvis, you know? He's just like pure sex on that stage. Um, Bras were being thrown, flags, cowboy hats, boas. There was a lot happening. It was so much fun. I would go again in a heartbeat. Any call. enough about my pop star obsessions. This week on the show, we have Chloe Wyatt Taylor. You may remember her from yesterday. She is currently starring in the All Black series Partners in Rhyme with a new season out now. And um, we talk about her new single, It's the Feeling which comes out tomorrow, I believe, when you're listening to this. Um, And we had a fantastic time chatting and getting to know each other. So here is my conversation with Chloe Wyatt Taylor. And welcome to the show, Chloe! Ah! Hello, 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 hello. Hello, welcome. Um, I am so excited to have you on. We were chatting a little bit before this started and um, you are just like such a vibrant energy. I feel like our our energies are like very like clicky and I, I'm enjoying it. I love this already. <laughs> it just, it feels like, I feel like we, we would be a perpetual cocktail. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like happy hour every single day, nonstop. Every single day. And I, I mean, <laughs> there are worse things though. They're probably yeah, they're better. Way worse too. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends. Like, if they're productive happy hours, then I'm like stoked. You know, we could be writing a movie and like just you know, 
getting happy working hours today. Happy yeah. hour. It's the working happy hour. Yeah. That's how you get away with it on your taxes, right? Like working happy hour. I talked about an audition, so clearly I can write this off. I listen, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also an accountant. No. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? There. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, before we get into um, all the fun stuff that you have going on right now and your new series, I want to take you back to the very beginning and ask you, what got you started as an actor? Annie. Annie! Annie, Annie, and Annie. I'm talking oh like, mm-hmm, like the movie with mm-hmm. Carol Burnett and ooh, and I would put the tape on, put the tape on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I heard that. I got it. And I'm also not even going to say what kind of tape, but it was a tape. <laughs> and I, every single day would put it on and I would pick a different track and I would do mm-hmm. it from start to finish. And then sometimes I would double cast myself because, you know, Lily St. Regis. Shout out Bernadette uh-huh. Peters. She doesn't come mm-hmm. in until later. So right. I would, you know, maybe play an orphan at the top as well. But yeah. And then some days Amazing. I would get my parents to sit down and watch it. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I feel that. I, I was doing the, um, I don't know if you remember, the, Disney had like the sing-along VHSs. And I would sit there and do the sing-along VHS and perform. And then that's when my parents were like, maybe we should put her in a class because this mm-hmm. is too much. At least <laughs> she can put more. it. Yeah. At least she can use that somewhere <laughs> so that it's not here. Yeah. Like no more kids bop. They didn't want to hear any more dance. <laughs> no, they were done. They were done listening to me like scream out Megara lyrics from Hercules. They were, they were like, oh. go to class and go do it there instead. Um, Maybe we put the Glad and Gladiator. A, A, yes. Oh my God! We don't have yes. to pay for that though, right? No. <laughs> oh just, Disney's I like, don't... where's my royalties? Um, <laughs> okay, so you start singing Annie, you start performing, and then like, did your parents say, hmm, "Maybe this is interesting. Maybe she should do this," or was this more of a like your passion until you became an adult? I flat out asked them. I didn't know. I mean, so I didn't know when I was little necessarily what acting was versus what singing was, what versus dancing was. I just knew Mm -hmm. that they all went together and I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. So my parents' way in to that was dance. And my cousin was dancing at the time. Shout out to the Mary Anderson Dance School in in Maryland. (laughs) And they put me into the classes there Mm. and I just took to it you know and so from there I just kept dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing as an adult I realized dance was never the thing or was never supposed to be the thing by itself it was Mm -hmm. just something I was naturally good at and so that's what kind of got me going there right well it's Um, still a performance you're still using your face you're still kind of figuring out how to like you know make the audience happy Yes. And I think that is what was hard as I look Mm. back on it, because it felt there was no give and take. It was all for the other person. Mm -hmm. And especially because it was ballet, because from then on, I went on to to train pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like I wanted to be with Ailey company, the Alvin Ailey dance company sort of. Wow. And, um, and then I realized, oh, I'm never in, I'm not in love with this. This is not it. Because I'd also discovered acting. A friend of mine mm-hmm. was doing a play and I saw, so then all of the things started to go together. But I think pretty early on, it was very much, what am I saying? Pretty early on for the first, I would say quarter of my life. Hmm very separated meaning like this is what I'm doing for someone else as opposed to the like that cyclical yes 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 I'm doing that we're doing this we are both we're engaging in this exchange you're not consuming me right anyway I mean no that's like it's a very interesting point because it's like you know like you said dance is you're giving 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 with acting you have partners you have people that you're sharing it with it's Mm -hmm. it's more of a I don't know. It's more of a comforting experience, I think, because you have the other person and no matter what, you have somebody in it with you. Yeah. And two with dancing, I think one of the things that got so hard and and maybe I always loved it more than I thought, but it just emotionally got hard because I looked Mm. so different from everyone I was training with. Mm. And, you know, this was not at a time where there was any sort of awareness of that Mm -hmm. and so I can remember teachers ripping me apart physically for things that are out of my yeah it was it's a vibe right like yeah the things that nobody ever really talked about but it just became so consuming in a way and there was nothing left for me that Mm -hmm. I had to kind of separate a little bit from it yeah well it sounds like uh, that was the right move, not only career-wise, but, like, mentally. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Like, mentally, it it was the, the only thing that – the only option I had. Yeah. You know? Okay, so you, you make this decision, and then um, how do you navigate the acting world? Do you go to a big city? Do you say, I'm going to go to college first? What I mean, what was your process of figuring that out for yourself? Because everyone is different. Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity to go to California when I, so I started acting as a teenager. So I guess Mm -hmm. that makes me, I was a kid actor, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And what that is. But, you know, when you're not in the New York or California market, I would travel up to do stuff in New York. But for the most part, I was kind of in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, which was a much smaller thing. And I got to be a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did get the opportunity to go to California. My parents did not want me to do it. And as an adult, I realized that that was probably a blessing in disguise because I know I wouldn't have been able. I was not emotionally fortified enough to handle that at that time. Yeah. Um. So in. But I always wonder because maybe I was. Anyway, that wasn't the path. I don't regret. Right? You're like, maybe I, I could have been on Disney. Maybe I could have done this. <laughs> And then maybe you would have also seen me falling out of clubs and doing all of the things because, um, but anyway, (laughs) there's a lot of that. Um, luckily I've always kept my underwear. (laughs) 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 That's neither here nor there, but, uh, (laughs) I got into NYU and Mm. I moved to New York and I, have it went from New York to California and now I've been in California for a bit and working and doing all the things and so now I'm looking for my next 
opportunity and adventure yeah. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe London. Ooh, yes. I know. I've always been like, how do I how do I secure something or someone in London so that I can be there? I mean, look. <laughs> it's I'm like not even like on Raya, like I know. I know. Every time I see like a UK person on Raya, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> great, great. We we'll love be the that. Best friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but what, what you're in Brixton. Oh, this will never work. This will no, work. Oh, this never will. mind. <laughs> uh, okay, so you go to college, you do the, the college thing, you get your acting degree. What was like the first um the first acting role that you booked that was like, I can write home about this? Like I can tell all of my old classmates about this. They're gonna flip. Well, uh, first off time, can you hear my computer just working overtime, by the way? No. Great. I love it. She's doing the most right now. Bless technology. <laughs> Bless her. Thank you. <laughs> Bless her. She just wants her SAG card. Um, <laughs> the first, oh, yes. So at NYU, and I, I don't know how they are at the time, Um, though I will say, NYU, bless y'all. You know you're you've arrived or something good is happening when your school that didn't give you money starts asking you to donate money. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So, um, I booked a role on Law and Order SVU. Of course, because it's like the number one thing you got to book when you're in New York, right? Like that's <laughs> it. You make it as an actor once you've booked SVU. Period. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And look, those checks still come and they still come. <laughs> I mean, girl, it's playing every Monday on Ion. Like, come on. You know you know so I got I, my first one slip. <laughs> I think I might be the only person I know who has watched the entire series from the pilot episode, which, by the way, is like the worst episode of television in the world. The fact that it stayed on after that was remarkable. It was so bad. But like, also, I'm not trying to start drama. But what happened to the other lady, the the curly haired brown woman? Where'd she go? And it just she oh, just disappeared. Yeah. And then she did. She just disappeared. I'm not trying to start drama though. They just did that with um with the a current actress on there too, Rollins. They like got rid of her, and she was like, I didn't want to leave. And so now I'm like, mm, what's the tea? Who has that? And like, can you DM me? Excuse me, Dick. What are we doing, <laughs> Dick? What's happening here? Excuse me. Okay, so you do SVU. Right, okay. yes. You do SVU. Amazing. Do SVU. What was um what was the character? We have to talk about this. Her name was Mary Elizabeth. Yes, it she was, was. Of course a it was. Catholic school. I was girl. gonna say she worked right. She was she was somewhere in the in the Catholic she went to a Catholic prep school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and she got to talk to Chris Maloney. And Mariska Harkatsay. Oh, hell yes. And I couldn't have been more than 19 years old. And I remember missing. It was the the talk about it because I had to miss my final for Mm. acting class. And it was. Does this count? I'm working with like two legends. It didn't. (laughs) I got a zero. (laughs) Whatever. But hey. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you're a Catholic school girl 
talking to Stabler and Benson, living your best life. Living my best life. And I don't even think I watched the show at the time. <laughs> like enough to like I'd seen enough to do the audition and get a vibe mm-hmm. or whatever. But like it just now it would be a whole different story. Oh yeah. I think Shout out I, to SBU if they're looking for another recast. What's up? Um, <laughs> if I saw Christopher Maloney, I think, like, in person, or if I had to act with him, I don't know that I could. Mm-hmm. He's, like, one of those people that I don't – and I don't know what it is about him. He's so, like – like I, can't, I always mess up this word. Enig- enigmatic? enigmatic? Yeah. That's how I feel about Christopher Maloney. I don't know what it is about him. But he's funnier than shit, too. Like, if you follow him on, like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff, he's so funny. And you're just like, dang. Also, well, you just watch stuff and it's like that John Goodman thing where you just, yeah. pop, he pops up everywhere and you just know it's going to be okay. Whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, Chris Maloney's in it? Fantastic. Sign Got me it. up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you do SVU and you start, I'm assuming you start working and you start doing the thing. And then how long is it until you book like that role where you're like, okay, like I'm on the right path now. I know that I'm kind of going where I need to be going you know what's really funny is because oh you're meeting me at a very interesting time (laughs) and a very interesting crossroads because I'm going to speak nothing but my truth Mm. and what it is is that I didn't have that experience then like I just kind of lost my way Mm. right Mm -hmm. as in look you get caught up in New York it's a fast city it's an expensive city Mm-hmm. And although, you know, all of the artistry that you can learn and pay for what they don't teach you in college is business, how to manage your money, where to, what you need to do. Yeah. And so I fell into just a work cycle, you know, um, a work and survival cycle, and it took me away. But then my spirit called me back and eventually got to California soon after that, mm. um, And then I did start working, but there, there was absolutely like a five-year gap where I, I wasn't, and my spirit was so heavy when I look at that, you know? Um, But then when I came out here and I started booking work, oh, it's all sorts of fun stuff. It was um, Dollhouse, the the, uh, Dollhouse, yeah, uh, what else, Um, Private Practice, Mm. uh, My Boys, um, and then, too, the stuff that I got to do when I was a kid was really fun because I got to do this movie, Liberty Heights, with Anthony Anderson and Orlando Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was directed by Barry Levinson. It just all this kind of, So I had had some of that, and then I didn't. Right. Yeah. And then I had a little bit, and then I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I think that's kind of been the journey until I, until quite recently, really. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking about this with somebody um, in our last episode where it's like, for females especially, it's like you go from like high school to being like a single mom or like a mom. And there is, there's no like, hey, I'm 30 or because I'm 30 now. Like there's no roles where there's just like, I'm a 30 year old woman and that's, that's what I am. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you got to be, now that you're 30, you have to either be the mom or you have to be the nurse or you have to be the caretaker and it's like how have we gone like this far in so many other aspects and yet women are still only cast as like moms and caretakers i i have no idea 
Yeah. Like, or like the sex bombs. There's those ones too, of course. Where you're just like, you see those breakdowns and you're like, oh God. Like, I don't even want to look at that. <laughs> I, I like, and then I look at these, the, when, they, when the, I see that and I'm like, oh God, beautiful, beautiful. And I'm not one of those women to tear down other women. Like I'm very consciously before and now actively anything that might even be that I'm like what is that and examining it because that Mm -hmm. just doesn't feel authentic to me what I see when I see that is like oh bless her that's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work it's and I hope that she's being compensated appropriately (laughs) for that (laughs) level of input yeah 100 percent 100 percent we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. I've been asking this question recently because I've been finding it to be super fascinating. Um, And that is, I want to know what your process is when you get a script. Because everybody has their own method. Everybody has methods that they've put together themselves from different Mm -hmm. things and and ways of breaking it down that makes sense for them and I want to know if you have any things that you do specifically with every script if there's some sort of a a a roadmap that you follow to find the character well let me ask you this at what point is it an audition a callback or do I have the job okay let's let's start with audition like what's Mm -hmm. When you get the script, you get the email from the your agent and they say, here's some, here's five pages of sides. How do you break that down to secure that callback? I, the first thing I'll do is I read it three, five times, you know, because especially sometimes if you can't get a script, you get those five pages and you're like, what, what is this? Yeah. Um, so just to go super slow and to go line by line by line by line to figure out what the facts are, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. and once like the the non-negotiable this was the author's intent um and if it's an audition which nowadays because of this wherever we are you know auditions aren't just auditions we are the actor last but before all of that we are the grip the Mm -hmm. the lighting designer the The makeup photographer you know what i'm (laughs) saying yeah so because of that, I have adjusted, and this is for me, when everything moved into the home, I had to say, okay, well, what is my boundary, right? Mm. Because if my, if my job is giving and my job for the most part, except for when I'm on set, is now in my home, 
then it needs to be contained and packaged in a way that benefits me, not, right? Mm-hmm. All of that to say, you know, you get these auditions with 50 million instructions and, and or I this, know. that. <sighs> and then the memorization part, which that I will not do. Mm. I won't do. Because I don't want to, why am I holding this? in my spirit because that's why i act not to be seen but to to for the transformative i don't want to hold it in my spirit when the exchange is not equal mm. so that's at the audition level dang mm-hmm. do all of the analytical work that i would do if i were going in person yeah and then i just put it on the camera i never do more than three takes on mm-hmm. a thing uh, because if I do more than three, it's going to be 80. Right. Yeah, there's no <laughs> in between. It's like you either do it in the first or the second try, or it's like you're 20 takes down and your reader's like, can we stop now? Do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. lost interest. They've lost interest. Nobody cares. Nobody. <laughs> you know? Also, in the scene, this is an action scene that I'm shooting in my home or my closet with everything I'm in. I'm tired now. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. Anyway, so that's at an audition. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I like I like that um that you don't necessarily memorize it on the first call. Now if you're going into like studio tests and whatnot, I'm assuming you've memorized and you're good by then. Oh yeah. And two It makes it, sense. It makes sense, but also the fact is, and maybe this isn't for everybody, but what's true for me is just the work when I'm doing the analysis part on it, I'm going to naturally get off book anyway. I might not be right. perfect, right. but that's the callback, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Or really, that's the job. Right. That is the job, mm-hmm. is, is memorizing it and knowing every single thing that you need to know about the person. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we get paid to do. That's what we get paid to do. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that is... That just, I mean, there's just so many things like <laughs> there's just so many, but that's why I have to draw that boundary because I can't do my yeah. job and everybody else's and then be worried about how you're judging me. Uh, uh-uh. mm-hmm. no, no, um, that, and that, and, oh, that's what I was going to say is that I think too, does that affect how and when I get booked? Maybe I'll never know because that was. I, I wouldn't know more or less than I would normally. Right. And yeah. I can't care. I just can't care more than I can care. Preach. Snaps. We love to hear that. Just can't <laughs> care. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, speaking of auditions on the show, we like to share um, audition stories. Those can be uh, sad ones, funny ones, embarrassing ones, or the, the one that got away. Is there yeah. a story that you would like to share with our listeners? I guess this is more of a one that I really do try to live from a place of no regrets. You know what I'm saying? Yes, mm-hmm. of course, there are things we would want to do over. Like you get into a fight with somebody you're like, wish I would have said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that replays in the shower every single day. You're like, uh-huh. oh, man, that was a good comeback. Dang it. That was really good. Or the middle of the night and another things where you're just like, and another thing. And but- another thing. <laughs> Um, so this is, this is one of those moments from baby, baby Chloe. I was auditioning for a very big casting director. Mm -hmm. 
who part of me wants to say the name, but the other part of me, anyway, you can <laughs> cut it out or whatever. I was auditioning for Jeff Greenberg mm. and I was a baby and he was so mean to me mm. that I almost wanted to quit. Oh my God. I remember there was an audition and I had at that time a very manipulative manager. So I, this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm just telling my truths as cautionary tales and also uplifting things. Mm hmm. Um, who insisted that I do it in this one way that she wanted me to do it, even though my instinct said something different. This is the lesson. I'm sorry, your manager was saying this? Yes, this is not my current, this is my manager from like decades ago. But like still, like a manager giving you, Mm -hmm. girl, mm -mm. Mm mm-mm. Made me come to her house and she wanted it to, she want, that was a thing, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't And I took what we had rehearsed. And again, my gut was saying, this is not right, but okay. You know, I only knew that power was on the outside, not within myself. Mm. And I took that into Jeff Greenberg, Jeff Greenberg, and he stops me midway through and he goes, I'm going to stop you. Do you know that you're doing a bad audition? You're right. Hmm. Right. Ouch. And I don't know, like, that's kind of, I, I, it blacked out then in a way, but I still remember then trying to pull it together and mm. all of that, right? So all of that to say that I learned that day to not question my instincts. Mm. And I wish that I could say that I'd lived from that place, but oh no, there's still more, you know, I do now. Yeah. But it took, you know, lessons take time. And mm-hmm. so what I wish I would have said to him in that moment was, do you, if you see, do you know you're being a bad actor? Do you know that you're being a bad human right now? Because how is mm. this helpful to anybody? Right. Right. Um, it's not. <laughs> It's not helpful. It's literally not helpful. <laughs> no. On any level. Uh-uh. Uh, but wow. I do think, you know, even but going back to even dance, when you have been taught, when you believe, when it's been reinforced that you have no power, mm-hmm. right? Or that the only power is what people tell you about yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, what ended up happening there is I was distraught. And like I said, I almost quit. And I called the manager and told her and she called him and whatever. And I remember going back in. Why? I don't know. <laughs> On a different day. Brave. And it was a Brave. nicer experience. But the damage yeah. had all, the trauma was already. Look, yeah. I'm talking about it. And this was more than a decade ago. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, it's this industry is is brutal enough. Um, but also when you're in your early twenties, mid twenties, and you still are so confused about who you are and what you are and, and where you want to be and just still finding yourself, then comments like those, I mean, I, I have several of them too, from my early twenties where I'm in the room and I get told a certain thing and it's just like, it, 
just imprints on your brain so so crazily that you're just thinking about it a decade later still because it's like oh my god I still got told that one thing forever ago and I'm still holding on to it we're still holding on to it well but then that's the other thing though too is that I think as I become older what I'm becoming more of is an actor advocate because Mm -hmm. nobody in this world made it through COVID without watching a show right or 12 and do you know who made those shows possible yes those wonderful production teams and directors but ooh, i almost said a bad word but let it fly let the it fly actors yes do you know what yes. i'm saying the so shout out to the the thousands and millions of actors who are holed up in their room pretending that whatever eyelines and trying to just get the job so that when we we get it to the screen and it's just like let's celebrate it but that's not how it works one mm-hmm. in streaming they don't you know how we've all heard how that has to be whatever yeah uh revamped um and i just think that it's yeah I, we we i just don't think we're given the respect that we deserve and i yeah. think that it's time for us too. I agree with that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started this during the pandemic because I was so sick of hearing like actors getting shit on all the time. And I'm like, you don't understand, you know, people outside of the industry do not understand how brutal it is as an actor and how you get beaten down like literally every single day. And so then when you book something and you film it and then they tweet like, oh, this person's horrible. And you're like, ooh. But no, like don't do but that. No. Just but don't no. do it. Just like keep it to yourself. It's so also, easy. Why is so everybody easy. who's not doing it the loudest? <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Oh my god, yeah. Um okay. I I want to talk about two things here before we go. Mm-hmm. First thing is your new series Partners in Rhyme, which is on All Black, which mm-hmm. I have talked to several people who have been on All Black series. I think it's an incredible streaming service. And I'm mm-hmm. once again going to say to all my listeners, if you do not have All Black, subscribe to that shit right now. Thank you. Please tell That's us it. about Partners in Rhyme. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is like when you talk about the moments earlier, you're like where you feel like, oh, things are happening. This is this is absolutely that. Oh, um yeah. It was like a, a pandemic blessing. Another time where I was like, what am I doing with my life? I, I This is not, I need something more. And this show literally fell into my lap. And I get to go to work with, and just play. Mm-hmm. I get to play with MC Light, Precious Way, Rolanda Watts. Like, I just like, Rolanda Watts is, I, I would watch her talk show. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy Mack, shout out to Bentley who created Martin and made like the brainchild of, of like all of that. These these people who are incredible in this season. I got to hang out with Marla Gibbs from Two Two Seven and That's so cool. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, crazy. So um, yeah, we our second season just premiered and it is it's so fun. Oh. And I I just feel blessed to get to to the, the I get to not I have to go to work you get to get to work with all Mm -hmm. those amazing people and Mm -hmm. perform and do what you love which is so cool yeah yeah it's really it's really really cool and given the the journey and that my path has been it feels like such a breath of fresh air and like a 
Ah, aha. So now to answer your question, I do feel like I've always known I was on the right path, but it's Mm -hmm. like now I can feel it. (laughs) I might not see everything, but I can see just what's in front of me and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You got on the track finally. You found it. You found the right track. In a consistent way. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, we're artists. We can, that's just what happens. It's like, oh, I have 20 million ideas. Let me try to write all of them at the same time and then not do any of it. Because squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel. Oh, shoes. Literally. Literally. Um, um, And then the other thing I want to talk about is tomorrow you have a brand new single coming out called It's Feeling. So uh, tell me about this. Tell me about your journey with making this new this new song. It is when I tell you that everything that I'm saying, everything it is because I can say. These are all things I have lived. Every story that I tell in every song, it's part of a, uh, of a, of a greater project, which, mm-hmm. um, but like songs that I have been writing are coming to light and coming to fruition. And they are, shout out to my producer, John DeFeo, um, who's worked with some really uh, amazing people, Raised by Wolves and Black mm. China and just great, great stuff and great people. Um, and the, how we are taking these stories, it's very rhythmic. It's very uh, funk, R&B and spoken word influenced, Heck yeah. but with like a booty popping downbeat, if that yes. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's the feeling. Sounds like it's about sex. Mm -hmm. But it's actually about the push and pull of everything that we've talked about in the career, that halting Mm. start and stop, how the gatekeepers like, hurry, hurry, hurry. No, not you. Like all of that. Wait, you're not this. You're not that. And it's just me saying, no, y'all, I'm going to be here doing this because this is me. You can catch up when you're ready. Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. We're not here to be convenient. (laughs) No, we're not here to be convenient for other people. Absolutely not. Um. But also, I love the idea of it being like, I feel like there's a theme in music right now, which is everybody's crying but dancing at the same time. And I'm like, so here for it. It feels like every new album recently is like, I'm going to make you cry, but also dance at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's what we all need. Like, we've lived hey, through crazy hell for the last two years. It. Yeah, we got to get through this. <laughs> yeah, you got to move those demons through. Yeah. You know, and that Mars and Gemini energy. Yeah. Get it. Just whew, get it out. Mm-hmm. Get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how can people follow you on social media to keep up with all of the new songs and shows and all the amazing things that you are doing? Yes. Um, on social media, I am at always Chloe. That is C-L-O-I-E. No, there is no H. No, there is no K. I am not a Kardashian and I'm not trying to be. I was here first. <laughs> Ugh! Triggered. I'm, I'm so dead. Um, and this is not me coming for the Kardashians. This is just me reclaiming the space I already occupied. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, at always Chloe across uh, all of the social media platforms. Um, you can look for me on Spotify, iTunes, all the music music streaming platforms. Um, there is my website, which is heychloe.com. Cute. Um, thank y'all. 
and and yeah yeah Amazing. social media I do what I can. I tap in and out, but I can't be run by it. I can't be bothered. So <laughs> that's, hey, that's, that's a very good space to be in mm-hmm. with social media. Yeah. I'm a little too addicted. I need to, I need to get off. Although I did, I deleted Facebook from my phone like two years ago and that's been okay. Like it's great because I never look at it unless I'm on my computer and I'm like checking something. But do you think about it at all? Facebook? Not really. There's like yeah. a couple groups that I'm in on Facebook that like, there's stuff that I do like I'm I have a trapeze troupe and that's where they post like where when we're meeting up and so like I have to check it for that but that's like essentially the only reason I go on Facebook now yeah it's very official like, this is what I'm doing it's yeah. very conscious do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah do you perform we have never done a performance it's all in like my friend's backyard um so we haven't done performances yet but we were thinking about doing like a Christmas show that we film and then like send to friends so we'll see I don't know maybe oh my god you absolutely do and if you do I would love to sing a Christmas carol <laughs> while you all perform for it. yes I'm in let's do it next year we'll just do a whole show it'll be great it'll be like Cirque du Soleil um but with us so better don't tease me now <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, well, thank you so, so much, um, for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and, um, I can't wait to see everything that you do in the future. Thank you, mama. You too. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks again to Chloe for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Make sure to check out Partners in Rhyme on All Black and go listen to her brand new single, It's the Feeling. And, um, as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.